The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Have you ever had one of those moments where you walk into a situation and something just doesn't feel right, and it makes you stop? Like, you walk into a restaurant, and something about the situation just doesn't feel right, so you turn around and leave. Or it doesn't have to be, like, you know, something bad or violent's going to happen to you. It could be you're interviewing a potential employee. He's got a spectacular resume, but something just tells you don't make the job offer. Well, these scenarios all represent what our guests today called left of bang moments. They're the moments before something bad happens. His name is Patrick Van Horn. He's the author of the book Left of Bang, How the Marine Corps Combat Hunter Program Can Save Your Life. And Left of Bang is about the Marine Combat Hunter Program, which was developed during the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq in the early 2000s to train Marines how to identify potential threats before they happen uh, and stay left of bang, right? That explosive moment or that violent moment. And they do this by becoming situationally aware to their surroundings and to the people they're interacting with. And so in this book, Patrick basically takes the Combat Hunter program and presents it to a civilian audience and how they can apply it to their own lives to not only just protect themselves, but also just to be more effective in the world and being aware of who they're interacting with, their surroundings, so they can use it in their job or even in their romantic life. It's a fascinating book, and we're going to talk about what we can learn from the Combat Hunter program to become more situationally aware in our lives. So I think you're really going to enjoy this. So let's get on to the show. All right, Patrick Van Horn, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, so your book is about the Marine Combat Hunter program. Um, before I read your book, I had no idea this existed. Um, so can you tell us what the combat hunter program is, why it was developed and how it came about? Sure. And it's only been around for, uh, at this point, seven years or so. So it's not uncommon that you haven't heard of it just yet, but the reason it's such a new program, it was created out of necessity after, you know, the fall of Saddam's regime in Iraq, you know, our enemy, took off his uniform and he blended back in with the local population and he could hide from us as they planned their attacks. Uh, General Mattis, who, if you're familiar with the movie 300, uh, we think of him as Marine Corps' Leonidas. You know, he realized that the technology that was available at the time to protect us from the roadside bombs and the ambushes that we were experiencing overseas, 
they were all pretty defensive and he wanted an offensive capability. And he saw that there was a need not only for the better technology, but really for better training. And it's this kind of insight that caused him to direct the, you know, the creation of the combat hunter program. And it first came about in 2007 where where the course was first developed and the pilot program. And then it's really taken off since, um, in terms of why it was developed, uh, the goals were pretty straightforward. He had two goals for the program, and it was to, wait, to make Marines, one, more survivable, to make them more safe, to make them more uh, secure while they're on patrol or out in the streets by teaching them how to you know, read behavior and recognize threats. We could start to prevent some attacks from occurring. Uh, but the other goal was to improve how effective we were, to teach a Marine how to look at a crowded marketplace and identify not only the individual insurgent who was going to carry out the attack, but also their their leadership who was planning and directing the attack from the from the get-go. Gotcha. So, I mean, was there anything like this at all in the military? I mean, it seems like what it did was make explicit what, uh, I guess, some soldiers or uh, folks in the military might have said were it was like a sort of an implicit or like an art that you just, you either either had it or you didn't. Is that kind of what happened? It's a really good way to explain it. And so there was and there wasn't, you know, really something like it before. Uh, We like to talk about it, that we are simply just standing on the shoulders of giants. There was training out there uh, that was available that improved a Marine's ability to observe a certain area. And there was training out there that taught a Marine how to track and how to follow a person's footprints. And there was training out there on body language, but there wasn't anything that put it all together into one course. And as you said, make it very explicit or taught it in a way that really helped the individual Marine on the ground uh, make better, more informed decisions. And it wouldn't have been possible without a lot of the other research that was already out there. But Combat Hunter went uh, really above and beyond what was currently being taught in the other schools. Gotcha. So it's combat hunters all about adapting to the new world of war where bad guys don't wear uniforms anymore. And you have to just be on your lookout all the time because anybody in a marketplace or at a mosque, they could, those are potential bad guys. So you have to kind of read very subtle cues on how to prevent uh, attacks, I guess. Right. Absolutely. And it doesn't just apply overseas either. I mean, if you look at even some of the the mass shootings that we've seen even here just in the United States at schools and malls and movie theaters and workplaces and religious, you know, religious centers, you know, people aren't walking around and they're, I'm an assassin, I'm a mass murderer t-shirt and making it very obvious what their intentions are. It requires, you know, a, a greater level of situational awareness, really knowing what to look for so that we can identify those attackers before they actually launch their assault. Gotcha. All right. So the book is called Left of Bang, which I think is just an awesome title. When I first saw the book, I'm like, this is awesome, but I didn't know what it meant. Um, can can you tell us what Left of Bang means in the Combat Hunter program? Sure. And that is the fact that that's the title is why I love our publisher. Our title was very, very long. And Stephen Pressfield, the author of uh, Gates of Fire and uh, Lionsgate, just looked at it and said, Left of Bang. And that yeah. just kind of stuck. But If you were to think about a timeline, bang is directly in the middle of that timeline. It is time zero. Bang is whatever act you are trying to prevent. Um, When you're right of bang, it means that the event has already occurred and you are now reacting to it. You are right of bang on the timeline. Now, when you are left of bang, you're earlier on the timeline. And when it comes to preventing violence, it really just means that you have identified one of the pre-event indicators that are out there and that are available and that are present that let you know something is going on 
and lets you identify it early enough so that you can intervene. And that's really the goal for a protector, getting left of bang, because being able to prevent violence from occurring instead of just waiting for it to happen and then reacting to it because you had no advanced warning. And as I mentioned before, it's not just for people in the military or police officers. It can just be for anyone looking to protect themselves or protect them family, their family, looking for those uh, pre-event indicators and those cues that let you know, hey, something's going on here. We should do something about it. Awesome. All right. So yeah, I'm, I've been thinking left of bang all the time now. It's like, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, you got to hand it to Steven. That was a great, great, great move on his part. Um, yeah. So the goal is to stay left of bang yes. in life. All right. Um, so you mentioned it earlier, a big part of uh, the combat hunter program or combat profiling is situational awareness. Can you, everyone's got their own definition of situational work. Cause I've, I've tried to research this and everyone's got their own definition of what that means. Can you describe uh, what situational awareness is uh, in the combat hunter program and how do you develop it? Sure. You know, you know, in a very general sense, situational awareness is just being aware of what's going on around you. I know I just used the word in the definition, uh, but the way I look at situational awareness is it means that you know what to look for and you know how to look for the indicators that are going to really support whatever decision you're trying to make. And so, if you think about it in the context of safety or security, you might be the most well-intentioned security guard, father, uh, husband, person out there. But if you don't know what makes someone a threat, other than visually seeing a gun or visually seeing a knife or some other weapon, you're never going to get left to bang. If the first time you realize something is wrong when you, is when you see that gun, you're simply going to be reacting to that attacker. So when we talk about situational awareness, we use behavioral cues that allow us to recognize the person who stands out from the crowd. That's really the, the what we're looking for. And then we also teach a process which we can talk about how you look for those indicators so that you can have that advanced warning. Awesome. And so a part of being a situ having situation awareness is um, being in condition yellow, right? We've talked about this before on the site, the Cooper code. Mm -hmm. What is, can you describe for who aren't familiar what condition yellow is? So Condition Yellow, we refer to it as a relaxed alert. You know that there's bad people. You know that there's bad things out there, and you're actively looking for them, but you haven't found anything specific to focus your attention on just yet. And so that's where the situational awareness ties in. By knowing what to look for and how to look for it, you're going to improve your chances that when you're in Condition Yellow, you're going to find uh, that thing that warrants your attention. Okay, so a part of figuring out what should warrant your attention is establishing baselines. And this is something you've, that it's we've through woven throughout the book. Um, mm -hmm. can you talk about what baselines are and, um, you know, and how do you establish them and when is an anomaly from that baseline enough of an anomaly to warrant action on your part? Okay. So when, I guess when I talk about knowing what to look for, what cues are important, the way we do that is we put it into a very simple framework of baseline plus anomaly equals decision. The baseline is simply what is normal for an area or a person. An anomaly is anything that stands out from that baseline and requires your attention. And then the decision is what you're going to do about it. The anomaly is the attacker. It's the predator. It's the person that you want to pay attention to. But if you think about it, being an anomaly is a relative term. If you're going to stand out, you have to stand out from something. And that something is the baseline. And establishing that baseline is really uh, the first and the most important step to recognizing threats. 
So the behaviors uh, that we talk about in the book, the six domains of combat profiling, they really relate to how those six domains come together so that we can establish what is normal for this situation, for this person that we're looking at, for this group of people uh, that we're looking at. Everything has a baseline, just a matter of really explicitly defining that so that you're ready to realize when there's an anomaly, when there's something that uh, deviates from it. Gotcha. So everything's context specific. So uh, if you go into a village, like let's go to give an example, like if you're in Afghanistan, right? Mm -hmm. uh, typically a village might have a, a typical level activity during the day, right? There's the marketplace and people are herding goats. Um, I guess that'd be the baseline. And if that stuff isn't happening, would that be an anomaly? Sure. And, you know, if you think about it, oftentimes what people describe when they think of the baseline, they, they think about the physical objects. They think about, you know, the people being in that marketplace, you know, to buy stuff. They think about the tables and the booths and the people selling stuff and the goods themselves. But they rarely consider uh, the behavior of those people within that, how that contributes to the baseline. I know we'll probably talk about some of the domains in a minute, but, you know, if you think about an individual person, you know, every single person that you observe can fall into one of four categories. They're either displaying dominance, submissiveness, discomfort, or comfort. Everyone falls into one of those four categories. So part of looking at the baseline is looking at you know, the individual people and realizing, hey, most people here are comfortable. Or if you uh, compare it to like a baggage claim here in the U.S., most people in that situation, our baseline is people who are uncomfortable because they don't want to be hanging out at the baggage claim. They want to get on with their trip. And so by providing the behavior in a very explicit way to define it and characterize the people that we're looking at, we can take that baseline and really expand on it to make it much more clear so that we're, again, ready to identify what that anomaly is or who warrants a little bit more investigation. Okay. So, yeah, let's get into like those six domains because the book focuses a lot on behavior. Um, and behavior is a very subtle thing because like, you, I, I mean, honestly, I don't think about how people are behaving. I, mean, I guess maybe on a subconscious level I am, but consciously I, I don't. Um, so what are the six domains that the combat profiling program has laid out on to help Marines and other military um, folks uh, figure out what's going on or establish baselines with uh, groups? Well, I guess let me back up just for one second. Sure. So the combat hunter program, it was created. there's actually three pillars of combat hunter. There's one enhanced observation the second pillar is combat tracking, which is uh, just man tracking, following footprints, reading the indicators that a person uh, leaves behind on the ground, on the physical terrain. And then the third part of combat hunter is combat profiling. How do you observe not just the physical terrain, but the human terrain? And so when we were looking at the book and uh, when we first started talking about uh, what we were going to write about, we looked at, do we want to talk about all of combat hunter and we realized that there's a lot of books already out there on observation techniques. Uh, there's stuff already out there on uh, tracking. And so we realized that the biggest gap was combat profiling. And really, all combat profiling means it's behavior pattern recognition and analysis. But um, the fact that it was being taught to Marines, you teach a class called behavior pattern recognition and analysis, no one's going to show up. You rename it combat profiling and uh, we fill the seats every single time. So I guess, you know, part of the thing, when we start to talk about behavior, what we're really talking about is the combat profiling part of the course. But especially when we're starting to talk to civilians or people outside the military, one, nothing here relates to profiling in the terms of race or religion or anything like that. Uh, those indicators in no way support our decisions. Um, and it's also not just about combat tactics. They apply 
a lot of stuff that we talk about in the book or in my uh, company's courses really apply to the way we've adapted these observations and these assessments to the civilian world so that it applies there. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter Smart Technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Picture that thing you've always wanted to learn. All right, you got that in your head? Now picture learning it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. That's what you get with Masterclass. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors, and many of these instructors are former AOM podcast guests. You can learn negotiation from Chris Voss, leadership skills from Jocko Willink, how to master your habits with James Clear. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. So recently, I went through the Masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. A lot of useful information in there. Talked about the value of knowing a negotiation, how to use your body language and speech patterns to get your best out of a negotiation. Very well done. I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Right now, listeners of our podcast can get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash AOM. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash AOM. Masterclass.com slash AOM. Check out the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. All right, if you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. There's no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee and you can cancel at any time. I remember when I was a new dad, I had a lot of thoughts going through my head. One of them was, 
how can I take care of my family when I'm gone, if something happens to me? Well, so one of the first things I did, I got term life insurance, one of the best decisions I made. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash manliness. That's meetfabric.com slash manliness. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash manliness. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Okay. Um, wow. Great. So yeah, what are so what are these um, within the combat profiling? What are so sort of the six domains of behavior that we should be looking at? So the first one is what we refer to as kinesics, which is the study of body movement, which when you start to analyze that, it gets interpreted into body language. The second domain is what we refer to as biometric cues. There we're starting to look at the uncontrollable physiological responses to stress, things like blushing, things like sweating. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the third domain is proxemics, uh, which is the study of space and interpersonal relationships. So by looking at the space between people, we can start to begin to assess and evaluate groups of people, understand the relationship uh, between the different members of the group. The fourth domain is geographics, and this is how people relate to their environment. Uh, if you think about the difference in the way that you even act when you are walking through a city that you're very familiar with and you walk through every day, and when you're in a city for the first time and you're looking around for street signs, that behavior and that familiarity really reveals uh, your relationship with that area. That also can tell us a lot. The fifth domain is iconography, which is the visual representation of a person's uh, beliefs or affiliations, uh, things like tattoos, you know, if you have a gang tattoo or gang graffiti or something that shows really those beliefs or affiliations in a visual way, that's what we're taking a look at with iconography. Then the sixth uh, domain is atmospherics, and this is the uh, collective mood of everyone and everything present. It really relates to, you know, the general sense of sa safety or security that people feel, you know, in the different places that they go. And so those six uh, domains really make up the different levels and the different uh, behavioral observations that support the baseline. Okay. So you, you use that to figure out your baseline and then you figure out if there's any anomalies. So my question is, um, is there a domain or domains that are more important than the other? Or are they all equally important? Or And is there like a rule when you see, you know, an anomaly and various different domains, like that's when you act or like, how do you know when to make a move? The correct answer is probably to say that no, all domains are equally important. Um, and in a sense, they are. Uh, you never know what is going to alert you at that specific moment. It might be atmospherics one day. It might be uh, group relationships the next day that lets you know, hey, there's something weird going on here. Um, but if I had to um, choose one that's more important, I when I teach this now as a civilian, uh, I group kinesics and biometrics together. Uh, they're technically two different domains in the book and in the Combat Hunter program because they come from two different fields of research. But if you think about it, they really come together to help us make assessments about individual people. And so I say, you know, I, I kind of believe that the way we look at a single person is the most important observation because that's what we're going to build off of for all the other uh, domains. If we can't look at an individual, we're going to struggle to look at groups of people. If we can't look at an individual, we're going to struggle to see how they relate to their environment. And if we're going to look at the collective mood, that's really just the aggregate of all the individual people that are there. Uh, so I really focus a lot of time on either just practicing myself or when, when I'm teaching how to master the way we observe and assess individual people. 
I mean, this seems like a very difficult skill to develop. Cause it's something that people don't do on a conscious level, like observe body, you know, body language or um, things like that. Cause it's, it's very subtle things. Uh, I mean, how do you, I mean, is it, is it something that takes time to develop or can you teach a, can a Marine go through the program and pick up some things that they can use, start using right away? Uh, it does take time, but there's a lot that can be picked up right away. You know, if you think about back when you first started learning how to drive, you know, if you think about it, there's so many different actions required to drive a car. You're turning the car on, you're steering, you're trying to figure out the right uh, pressure on the gas pedal, the brake pedals, uh, turn signals, checking your mirrors. You're so consumed by all those individual acts when you're first starting out that you don't even realize what's going on around you, what's going on around outside of the car. Uh, but after time, as you keep practicing how to drive, how to drive, how to drive, all of those internal actions become a habit. You can do them without a lot of uh, conscious attention. And then your focus starts to shift uh, further down the road, looking at the people changing lanes in front of you, changing your own radio, uh, texting on your cell phone, eating your burger, whatever it is that you're doing in the car. The only reason you can do that is because all of those individual skills that led into uh, actually getting the car to go from point A to point B became more natural. The same thing applies when it comes to reading behavior. At first, because we're going to teach a little bit of a different terminology for some of the behaviors that we're going to use, and we're going to talk about the reason why certain behaviors are important, uh, right at the first moment, it might seem a little cumbersome or might seem a little bit of a challenge. But we've been looking at people our entire life. You know, um, you might not have been doing it intentionally, but everyone goes out and people watches at some point. And so people have a good foundation to build off of. So even though at first the process might seem a little awkward, it is designed to support the way we naturally make decisions, the way we naturally observe people. And so because of that, we can escalate through or accelerate through, you know, kind of that learning period uh, pretty quickly. All right. Uh, do you have any examples from the battlefield of the combat hunter program or combat profiling working? Uh, absolutely. And um, there's one that we talk about in the book, and it was a Marine who was an instructor in the combat hunter program before I uh, returned to the deploying uh, to a deploying unit. Um, but he talks about he was in a village uh, one time and he, they were talking to the person who they thought was the village leader. He thought it was the person talking or talking on behalf of everyone else uh, there. And as they were having this conversation, they started to notice, notice some very subtle things that before this guy would make a decision, he would uh, look over at some other people. And eventually they realized that the true leader of the village was not the person they were talking to, but it was a person who was standing back. He wasn't sure of, of what the Marines intentions were, what they wanted. So he was going to let someone else kind of handle the initial part of the conversation before stepping forward. But as the Marine realized this was going on, as he started to see these behavioral cues, they shifted focus and started talking to them and were able to really build rapport with this village much more quickly because they were talking to the person actually uh, in charge versus just the, the representative. But we've talked to a lot of Marines who come through our course before they deploy and they come back and uh, there's countless stories of people who come back and say, you know, something they learned in the course saved their life. There's people who are coming back saying, I want to go through the course for a second or a third time just so I can pick up on more uh, and more. But uh, one of the most recent examples I have just doesn't even come from uh, Marine or even just using these for security mindset. It was uh, someone who was in sales and who used this uh, with the client they were presenting to. And they walked, this person walked into a meeting and she realized that the uh, person they were pitching was displaying dominance. And um, just when she realized that she completely changed her approach upon that recognition 
and she tailored her delivery to make him feel comfortable to to build rapport with him and she slowed things down and she won him over slowly but she ended up winning the sale and it's not because you know she changed her pitch it's because she said you know i usually give the same pitch each and every single time when i realized that he was displaying that he was not ready to purchase i was able to use that recognition and change how i actually uh, delivered so it's really just about you know creating the opportunity to get the information you need to make an intelligent decision in any field that you're in. All right. So it's not just for killing bad guys. You can actually gain, <laughs> you know, gain sales with Absolutely. combat profiling. So, you know, if you think about what, you know, so oftentimes when we teach it, it's in the context of recognizing threats. If you think about what threat recognition is at its core, it's really just looking at someone answering two very simple, not simple, but two questions about them. One, do they intend to hurt someone else? And two, are they capable of acting on those intentions? And so the behaviors that we're talking about are really designed to identify the people who have that violent intent. But obviously not all intent is violent. Um, you know, we can use this uh, in, you know, sales examples. You're trying to identify the intent of the person uh, sitting on the other side of the table as you're preparing for your negotiation to figure out what they care about or what's not important. Um, you apply, you look for people's intent when you're interviewing them for a job. You're trying to figure out what parts of their background you need to investigate a little bit further. Customer service, management, leadership, they're all areas where by understanding what people's behavior is telling us about them, we can make that more informed decision. All right, very cool. Um, so for those who are listening who aren't in the military or aren't LEOs, um, they're just civilians. I mean, what can they start doing today to start putting in practice some of the these concepts of combat profiling, I mean, is there something they can like an exercise they can do uh, that can help them become more situationally aware and establishing baselines and things like that? Yeah, sure. And so there's really there's two steps when you're trying to use behavior to whatever for whatever purpose that you have. There's two steps. There's one recognizing the behavior that you see. And so in the context of looking at an individual person that might be dominant, submissive, uncomfortable, or comfortable. And then the second part is determining, you know, putting that into context, determining is this cluster, is this important for us to take a look at, or is this important for us to investigate a little further? And so the first thing that people can do to really start to master this and make it more uh, natural is really build upon those recognitions. Um, not just to push people uh, to our site, but my site, cp-journal.com, started as literally a place for Marines to practice. When we were teaching it, you know, we got a lot of Marines who came to us and said, I'm hooked, I'm on board, I want to become better at this, where can I go? And at the time, there was nothing available for them to go to and practice on and master these skills before they deployed. So our website is really designed uh, around that sole purpose with videos and pictures and blog articles and different ways to practice making each of these different recognitions so that when you're out in town or in a sales meeting or in the mall and you realize something's off, you've already built upon that recognition. You can immediately jump to figuring out, hey, does this, is this person's dominance something I want to take a look at? Is this something that I should be concerned about? Should we get out of here? Should we call someone? And so you can get to that part of the analysis, that critical thinking part of the process much more quickly by really mastering and improving how quickly and how accurately you can recognize the different assessments that we teach. You call it uh, building your mental file folder, right? In your book. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like that analogy. Well, cool. So what was the name of your site again? It's a uh, cp-journal.com. cp 
cp-journal.com. All right. Uh, so besides cp-journal.com, is there any, any place else where people can find out more about your work? Absolutely. And there's, um, we recommend, you know, getting the book uh, left to bang, which you can get through either our site or blackirishbooks.com or amazon.com. But as I talked about before, even all the observations that we teach, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of giants. We've pulled this from other people who've come before us. And at our, at our website, if you do want to learn more, we put up a book, a recommended reading list of all the places we pull stuff from. And you can, you know, get the information right from the horse's mouth, you know, straight from the source if that's what you're looking for. Uh, so uh, we definitely recommend that's where you can start you know, your, your research and your personal development. Awesome. Well, Patrick Van Horn, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. No, thank you so much for having me. Our guest today was Patrick Van Horn. He's the author of the book, Left of Bang, How the Marine Corps Combat Hunter Program Can Save Your Life. You can find that on amazon.com and be sure to check out Patrick's website, cp-journal.com for more information on how to develop your situational awareness. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And if you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you check out our store, store store.artofmanliness.com. You'll find some really cool posters there. We got a poster with uh, Teddy Roosevelt's The Man in the Arena speech, really cool rendition of Rudyard Kipling's If. And uh, we also have some ebooks in there. I just put in a new ebook there about building your resilience, which is a, a vital skill you'll, you want to have if you want to be able to weather life's ups and downs. You can find that there. Really appreciate that. Your purchases will continue to support the art of manliness. So until next time, this is Brett McKay telling you to stay manly. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.